Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Boss Trouble Lounge. You listen to episode 87. My name is Patrick. I'm joined by Seth. Say hi. Yellow. And no one else. That's right. Steve's away this week. Oh, well. We wish him well. Um, first question. Uh, we always joke about this being some combination of clown or underwater level. Uh, are we going to go with a, a third option today as to where Steve might be? Uh, he's in the urban environment. He's wall running and jumping over buildings right now. He's learned to the ways of parkour. Wait, 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 wait. As in, Steve, Steve is neon white, or because in that case he's dead. And like, I'm not against that. I just want to know. No, no, no. Bomb Rush Cyberpunk just came out, so he's listening to some sick beats while uh, jumping off oh. rooftops. Okay. Right. 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 That. That, or it's like a, a Mirror's Edge reboot. 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 <laughs> based on the movie. Based on now. the game. No, no, that's Ratchet and Clank. That's close. It's clo not quite the same, but it's, EA it's pretty would close. pull that stunt, though. They absolutely would. Actually, okay, real talk. A Mirror's Edge movie. Uh, actually, no. I'm going to take that real talk back. It, no, it <laughs> could work. Like a brief it could second. work. Oh, no, no, no. It could work. I just don't think it would be a very good movie. Oh, okay. In that case, then... Yeah, like, I could like see it the, being like the, a B movie. Yeah, not, like, not the, like the story. The, the story is there. But yeah, <laughs> but like the letter grade. So, <laughs> so so faith, faith wall runs, but every time every time like the foot sound on the wall is Jerry Seinfeld. I I was trying to figure out how to make Jerry Seinfeld work into that, and yeah, that that, that, that is essentially it. Just like either that, or every time she lands, it just does a mugshot of his B face. Uh, whenever she lands on the on the the large cushy platforms after falling from a large height, it's just him sighing. It's, it's actually one uh, of those buddy cop movies, so she's going around doing all of her um, messages and running around parkouring stunts, and he's just buzzing around her giving one-liners. Every time, every time she, she's waiting, like, you know, the, you know how they use the elevators as, like, um, as loading areas in Mirror's Edge 1? Yeah, I think that was the first time or I might have the actually experienced, like, actually, no, never mind, Jack 2 did the um, elevator loading screens as well. Right, but normally in the in the Mirror's Edge elevators, there's some like scrolling text to read, some like in-universe news piece to to read through. Imagine if instead it's just Jerry Seinfeld going, "You like jazz?" Just like softly, but never from the same place in the room. So you spin the camera trying to find him, and it's just the audio is always slightly off to the uh, off off to one side of the screen. What's the deal with airline food? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think we could turn this into a film. <laughs> I think I think we've stumbled our way into a banger of a movie. Millions of dollars oh, will be absolutely. made. Or lost. Like let's let's you know, all options are on the table. Speaking speaking um, no, so I, just real quick, speaking of movies and making yeah. money, um Blue Beetle last I saw was opening weekend made fifty million dollars and crawl my son, crawl to victory, beat the flash. It's it's a little bit of a trick, but you can do it. I maybe I'm just confused by what the Blue Beetle is. Like I I saw an ad for that and I just I I wasn't sure. Like normally it's like oh it's a superhero film oh it's this oh it's that. I I just wasn't sure with Blue Beetle. It it seemed like for the first half of it it was a bunch of YouTubers making like a fan trailer for some for something that existed somewhere else. I think tonally it's going for something similar to Ant-Man 1. 
but it also seems like they want to touch on like um uh central american like uh central american like mexican and puerto ricans that move to america that sort of arm um, culture cool <laughs> i don't know like <laughs> Not really for me, I guess, but yeah, I just, I, I came away from that trailer just going, I'm not going to see this movie, and I also don't really know what it's about. Yeah, it's not out in Australia yet, but I do want to see it when it comes out over here, just because it looks like a good time. That's about it. I am trying to figure out whether or not I want to see The Meg 2 in, in theaters while we're, while we're going through movies. Yes, I know it's a big dumb action film. Yes, I know it stars Jason Statham, but I, I had the first one. Jason Statham I, does was... very good big dumb action movies. That that is what he is known for. Yes, I'm uh, I'm still waiting on it as well, but I w really want to see the TMNT movie. Yeah, well, that's definitely not out yet. That that's not out for that's out in America, but not out over here. Oh, so okay, yeah, uh, end of August. It was either end of August or end of September, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one should be good. Uh, I. I, I know that that's one that Seth Rogen has produced, and so every time I see the trailer, I expect to hear his voice somewhere in it. And I, I don't think I hear his voice in there, but, you know, it keeps me up at night, you know, yeah. just thinking about I it. I don't think he casted himself in it. If he did, it's probably something as a villain or a background character. What if, what if he's the villain, but it's actually just Donkey Kong? I'd be down for that. I would be down for that. Um, they're, they're doing a lot of the um, animal genetic freaks as uh, villains in this like it seems like there's a league of them for this movie they got john cena for one of them so it'll work out i didn't realize that there was a chameleon in the uh in the lore of tmnt that's cool um right well i mean we've we've ambled our way through through movie and mirrors well that's still movie chat actually ambled our way through movie chat uh we don't really have a a, a format for for this for this episode we we know that uh, in the past, the audience absolutely loved when we did the um, pink shiny sprite tier list, and uh, we're all out of pink shiny sprites. So, uh, shit. What do we? What do we? What do we have to talk about, Seth? Uh, so I've I've got two things to talk about. Um, with, with that absolutely great layup that you just gave me. Uh, one of the things we're going to do is that we're going to take the idea of a tier list, but I'm going to describe Kingdom Hearts games to Patrick since he's never played any of them. I'm just going to give like a brief one to two sentence summary of what the plot entails and what type of gameplay structure it has because the gameplay in Kingdom Hearts games does change for a couple of games. And based on those descriptors, Patrick is going to have to guess where it ranks on a tier list in terms of um, quality of uh, the games. And then after he's done, I'll show him what I believe the quality of the games are. And the second thing is, well, Steam Charts is popular. Armored Core, uh, like a popular segment for us. Armored Core 6 just came out. We're going to do a Steam Charts check on Armored Core 6. Ooh, I haven't looked at that. Excellent, excellent idea. And uh, how about you, Patrick? Do you have anything you're bringing to the table this week? Uh, I mean, I've played, I've played a bit more Hollow Knight, so maybe, maybe, we, do, maybe we do a little bit of Hollow Knight check, because I got... I got a few things to bring up. I think I think they're more mechanic mechanic chats than um than discussion of um of Hollow Knight in its entirety. Uh, so there might might be some interesting tidbits there. Um, we'll we'll see. 
Hit me with the Steam chart stuff, though. Let's let's get that. In. Um, uh, I want to I want to say out of the way. If that makes it sound like uh, I'm not excited for that. I I genuinely enjoy Steam chart segments. I guess I'm just nervous because normally it's me, uh, giving you numbers, and uh, I don't I don't like the feeling of power, uh, or the the lack of power in in this dynamic. Okay, okay, so. Just to get it out of the way first, Armored Core 6 is in the top 10 games played today, but where do you think in that top 10 it ranks? Is this, this is by uh, players, right? Yeah, by, by, by player counts for the last 24 hours. Hmm. Yeah, definitely won't be beating uh, Global Offensive. Won't be beating Dota 2. Probably won't be beating GTA 5 either. So I'm going to guess it has... Oh, but it's also kind of... Ah, uh, From Software is now a known quantity, but Armored Mech Games, specifically one that the last game was... I think we talked about this like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Longer. Yeah, like the beginning of the PS3 generation. Yeah. So, hmm. Uh, I'm going to play it safe and say 8. 8? You hit that on the head. It, it it's it's coming in at eighth place. Oh man, it feels good to be a king. <laughs> <laughs> how how close was it to seventh and ninth? Um, I don't actually have those numbers on hand, but it was a little bit over TF two, which was at ninth place. Wow. Um, give give me That's one. Cool. I, I was. I, I was I was weighing up between seventh and eighth, so I'm I'm so glad that I that I went. Uh, that, that was why I said play it safe because I was thinking seventh. Like, come on, Armored Core, I'm I'm back in it. But uh, yeah, bam, nailed it, nailed it with eight. Uh, is Wallpaper Engine still in top ten, or is that just trending? Um, give me one that second. I'm just trying, on the trending page. I'm trying to get on the uh, Steam DB website because I have to use Steam DB today. Uh, Wallpaper Engine is oh, at tenth. So hey. That's that's my guy. So I, I don't want to I don't want to give the number yet because this is going to play yep. into the next segment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there's there's a twenty k difference between um, Armored Core Six and TF Two, and a ten k difference between Armored Core Six and Grand Theft Auto Five, which is at seventh place. Uh huh. Okay. Now, and so, and so, part two is how many, how many the twenty four hour peak, or what was the all time, or what's the current all time uh, concurrent player? Well, Armored Core Six is twenty four hour peak is going to be the same as the all time peak player counts. So the way I want, <laughs> the way I'm going to do this actually is like, um, from software has released a few games on uh, oh, shit. <laughs> on okay. Steam so far. Oh no. <laughs> There, there are one. Time to just hamstring the host. Two, I see. Three, That's cool. Four, five, six, seven. There, there are eight games here that I have listed. Now, oh shit! <laughs> now, ever since Dark Souls One, people have been fiending for the Souls games to come onto um onto Steam. So yes, they they've been pretty popular on the Steam platform since they released. Mm-hmm. Take into consideration what you just said about Armored Core Six being a a mech game and be um, a dead franchise for the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Where do you think this places on all of the From Software um, charts? And how much of a difference do you think there is between the game above it and the game below it, if they exist? <laughs> I had to think about what you meant by if they exist. Like, <laughs> Armored Core 7 hits different, <laughs> let me tell you. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, so like if, it's there's the, a, if, it's the, if it's at the lowest, there's not going to be anything lower than it to compare yeah, it yeah. to, just just yeah, for the audience' sake. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> good, good point. Um, uh, is this list in front of you it, the launch or just all-time highest? All-time highest hour? peak for all of these games. Cool. So we're assuming uh, that probably is launch. To be honest. Um, yeah. Okay. Or launch uh, weekend. <laughs> Yeah, 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 launch weekend. Uh, all right, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Elden Ring is up near the top. Dark Souls 3 will be up near the top. So what do we got? Dark Souls 3 will probably be up there. So um, I'll, I'll give you the list of games. So we've got, so yeah. I, I'm including re-releases as well. So we've got three. Dark Souls, Dark Souls Remastered, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin, yeah. Dark Souls 3, Sekiro, Elden Ring, and Armored Core Six. I've done that in release order. Thanks. I've done that in release order just to not make sure that you um to make sure that I didn't give anything away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that is yeah, that eight? eight? Wait, am I, am I miscounting? Shit. Okay. Yeah, that's eight. Okay. Uh. Ah, uh, oh, I think it's me uh, needing to count Dark Souls and Dark Souls Remastered as two different ones. That might be it. Uh, okay. I think that Armored Core 6, because of how successful Elden Ring was, probably edges out a few of them, but certainly doesn't hit Elden Ring, Dark Souls 3, maybe Dark Souls 2. So I'm going to put it at... Oh, uh, Secured it pretty well, I think. I'm going to put it... Fifth out of eight. Fifth out of eight. Yeah. And how much of a... To, uh, how much difference do you think there is between what's above it and what's below it? Can you, can you give me... Uh, oh, that might give it away. I was, was going to ask if you can give me, like, the highest and lowest on the list, and I'd put it somewhere in the middle. Uh, you know what? You know what? That, that's fair. Because you're, you're putting it somewhere in the middle of the list. I'll give that. So at the bottom of the list is Dark Souls at 11,248. Oh, you're even giving the title. I was just thinking the number, but yeah, okay, And at, cool. the, top, yep, 11, and at the top of the list is Elden Ring with 953,426. <laughs> Something tells me that that bound does not help me as much as I thought it, it does. It does not. <laughs> as much as I thought it could. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, it certainly won't be more than 950,000, which that's such a shame. It's not a million. That yeah, is such so a travesty. Close. Oh, uh, okay. Let's see. Oh, hmm. Technically, this is also this is also a fucked stat, right? Because if we had a full twenty-four hour period, because it came out today. Uh yeah, yeah. But I think it's hit roughly the peak, like player counts hour time. Interesting. All right, so somewhere in the middle. Uh, yeah, me picking roughly fifth. I'm gonna say open to. Uh, let's do 120,000 players. Fifth place at 120,000 players. And how much do you think sixth place has? And how much do you think fourth place has? I reckon fourth place, fourth place probably pulled uh, 150 and sixth place probably pulled 100. Okay. So keeping all those numbers in mind, I've already forgotten them. <laughs> I should have written them down. Um. That's cool. Armored Core 6 has come in at 
sixth place. Well, not like sit. No, sorry, hey, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not close. sixth place. Um, third place. Other way around. I'm reading it. Yeah, oh it's, shit! It's third place. It's it's uh, what beat it out was Dark Souls Three. What's under it is Sekiro. Right, so- that's crazy. That's that's the numbers <laughs> are very close. That's exactly where I that 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 that's like the same logic. I just didn't I just didn't realize that Sekiro was that popular. I thought Sekiro would be under some of the other Dark yep, Souls yep. games. That's crazy. Okay, cool. And hit me with the numbers. Armored Core so Six is at one hundred twenty nine thousand two hundred eighty five. All right, that's. I mean. Come on. Sekiro <laughs> is at 125,315. Okay. And here, here's a real kicker. Dark Souls 3 is at 129,831. There's like a 600 wow. difference between those two. So that means so that means the difference between Dark Souls 3 and Elden Ring is like 800,000 people. Yeah. Holy shit. That's crazy. I'm I'm shocked that I was well. I'm shocked that I was that close on total play account. I'm a little bit bummed that I just assumed more people would play the other Dark Souls games, games on Steam. Yeah, yeah. Their their play account has been increasing over time with each game that comes out. So yeah, like I'll I'll just run through the numbers. At last place is Dark Souls eleven thousand. Like I'm just going to round out the numbers to make them clean. Um, yeah. Scholar of the First Sin is at 12,000. Dark Souls Remastered is at 24,000. Dark Souls 2 was 79,000. Sekiro was 125. Armored Core 6 is 129. Dark Souls 3 for the sake of rounding out is at 130. And Elden Ring is at 953. (laughs) One of these numbers is not like the others. (laughs) Yeah, there's like a steady progress here and an Elden Ring just blew the fuck up. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I was worried I would be flogged harder than that uh, in this segment, and if I'm honest, kind of a shame that Steve isn't here, because I guarantee I would have beat him. Yeah, you were within 10k for Armored Core 6, which, for I, I'll count that as a win for you. You said 120k, it didn't breach 130, so you, you win that one. Hey, price is right, what can I say? Sometimes you just have to wait for the house to go over 21 or whatever, however you play blackjack. Uh, cool. And that was basically bang on 10 minutes. Nice little short steam chart segment there. Uh, okay, why don't I hit you with the couple bits I want to talk about Hollow Knight, and then we do Weird Kingdom Hearts tier list thing. Yeah, that sounds fine. Okay, so, 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 so. I've been playing Hollow Knight. Anyway, why don't we do the Kingdom Hearts tier? No, I'm <laughs> um, so, I, uh, Hollow Knight has been on, on my mind for a while. I've seen a few people play like a couple levels just at people's houses and stuff, and it always seemed really fun. Uh, and then Silk Song got announced, and part of me expected we'd hear more about it by now. <laughs> and you watched my stream and, of it, right? Uh, I definitely did at twitch.tv slash Kai underscore Bear. Uh, uh, boy. There uh, we go. Hey, what can I say? Host, host, got to look out for the underlings. That sounded worse coming out of my mouth. Um, uh, it turns out a few other people online uh, also thought that they'd hear more about Silk Song by now, and so uh, I, um, basically between games, 
because I I really want to get back into Remnant 2. I really badly want to get back into Remnant 2, but uh, I've I've had verbal promises from a few people that once it goes on sale, they will pick it up on PS5, and it's the sort of game that I think I would have so much more fun in co-op that I'm I'm willing to not overdose on it just yet. Does it have crossplay, by the way? I don't think so. I I probably should double check that, but I I don't believe it does. But the the heroin the heroin needle is in my arm. I just don't want to push the plunger down just yet, uh, because hot damn, what a game! So um, between games uh, and thought, hey, maybe maybe now's the time I boot Hollow Knight. And what's funny is in my head, it's an indie game. It's a very pretty game, and everyone says it's very good. Therefore, this would be a you know, 15-ish hour platformer experience and it'd be great. And so I play through it, I make it to, I guess we'll just put the spoiler warning out. It's an old game by a few metrics at this point, so go and play it if you haven't, but uh, I haven't finished it, so the spoilers, I guess, are only as far as I know what happens. But uh, I made it to the City of Tears. And I, I genuinely thought once, like, going down the, um, uh, the elevator into the City of Tears and then the big Hollow Knight memorial thing just in the, in the Plaza Square, I was expecting there to be a final boss fight there. And I'd be like, wow, that was a good game. Wait, sorry, where did you say then, you got? Uh, I, I, once I got the to the Hollow Knight Tears, memorial. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, no, no. So I'm, I'm past the City of Tears now, but me at the time finally making it to City of Tears going, this must be the final biome. Uh, I will descend into the City of Tears and then do the final boss. And then and then that's Hollow Knight. And that was really fun. And now I can't wait for Silk Song. And so when that didn't happen, I was like, okay, how much how much more of this do I have? Because I mean, I, I don't have a lot of time these days. So I got to be a little bit careful with how much I spend on, on how much things take of my time. Uh, and so I stupidly looked up the how long to beat and saw that the how long to beat was... 30-ish hours. Yep. <laughs> Probably a little higher. And that the completionist run was about 60-ish hours. And then I went, oh shit. <laughs> this game is a little bit bigger than I thought. Um, so where am I up to now? So I, uh, the last thing that I did was uh, collect the uh, thing that means that I can swim in acid now. Ah, the, yes. Um, uh, uh, it's got some name, but if you played Hollow Knight, you know what it is. Uh, Isara something, maybe? Um, anyway, that. I, I've, I've collected that, so now I can swim in acid. Uh, and uh, this is... See, what's interesting is I say that that's what I have now. I don't... I, I don't know for a fact whether or not you can get these items out of order in terms of unlocking the... Um, Various traversal. Mechanics. Oh, you can. You one hundred percent can. This game opens up pretty early. Um, I don't know when exactly it is. I think it's once you clear the first area. It's basically you can accidentally stumble into any area and get the upgrade mechanics from there. Like I got a double jump fairly early on my first playthrough of the game, and then I mm. got it like maybe a third of the way or like close to the middle on my second playthrough because I just absolutely forgot where it was and yeah I didn't I didn't get back to that area for quite some time see I uh I got the mantis claw really well 
in my head really early on, uh, which was sick. I was like, aha, this, this will make uh, traversal much easier. Uh, and so the amount of hours I've spent between getting the Mantis Claw and then I got the, the Downward Slam, uh, one of the Downward Slams, and that was the last one that I got organically for so many hours. And the problem is, uh, it's really easy while walking around to see things that you know you need to either double jump or, uh, like, there, there, there are a few areas where it's just very obvious that you don't have the thing that you need to get across them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the downward slam thing uh, is, is not that easy to find because you, just while walking around, might not walk over that dirt patch uh, or uh, might not have the map to know that there's a little gap at the bottom of one of the areas that you can go and slam through. So uh, it's been a little bit Speaking frustrating. Speaking of which, um, the yeah, map yeah. real quick. Did you, how, how much of the game have you played with the pin that shows where you are on the map? Uh, most of it. Most of it, yeah. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. I know people that play it now that they know the map pretty well. So they don't need that pin anymore. By the end of the game, I had it taken off because I could tell from the room layouts where about on the map I was. Yeah, that's that's me with all the areas that I've traversed. But the problem is I'm still discovering new entire biomes that. Yeah. Okay. to be fair, I don't have the map unlocked when I'm in the biome, so the pin doesn't actually help. But uh, on the off chance that I find whatever the guy, the map guy's Cosmo something, uh, whatever his name is, um, uh, on the off on the off chance that I find the map guy and then buy the map from him, then having the pin becomes super helpful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I've kept it on for now, but I definitely don't look at the map or need. Well, I rather I know where I am on the map that I don't that I can look at the the big overall everything map rather than the map for the area. Uh, in if it's in areas that I've been through before, like I'm pretty comfortable running through the city of tears. Uh, Forgotten Crossroads, even a good chunk of the crystally place up in the northeast. Um, yeah, there's a few biomes that I'm that I'm just comfortable with. Uh, so, uh, overall thoughts: game is really fun. That shouldn't surprise anyone. Very pretty uh, game as well. Yeah, well, it's it's a very pretty game, and apparently it was only a dev team of three, which is crazy to me that they got something that expansive together with that few resources. Yeah, I believe it was a uh, Kickstarter and, game as well. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And then it was a Kickstarter, yeah. yeah. And they, they kept their promise of, like, every expansion they did for the game, like every DLC, Kickstarter backers just got those for free. How many DLCs are there? Four or five. Wow. Okay. And I, if you I bought, bought them, they're all Silk just integrated into the, the game. One. Ah, that would probably be it. Yeah, so for me, I don't really know what DLC content is unless it's like very blatant that it's DLC content like the um yeah. the Crimson Carnival. Uh sure. I don't I don't think I've even heard of that, but cool. Oh, you'll you'll know what that is when you find whenever you find it. Like once it pops up, you're like, ah yes, this is DLC. <laughs> Uh, cool. So, yeah, overall, the, the, um, ah, this, this is, this is one that I want to get your thoughts on. We both talked about how Celeste was, like, most of the way there in terms of, like, a feel-good platformer. Yeah. I, I understand that Hollow Knight does not have the same, you need to be micro-pixel perfect or else you fall onto the giant thing of spikes below, but in terms of the crispness of 
the platforming feeling, it's felt a lot better for me than Celeste has. There are areas in Hollow Knights that do get that way, um, optional areas, and they, for me, they do feel better to do than they do in um, Celeste as well. But also in saying that, um, what, did, what controller did you use to play Celeste with? Uh, PS4 for both. PS4 for both. Okay, because I was yep. going to say Celeste, I played with a PS5 controller. And I'm finding that the D-pad on that isn't the best for 2D games. So maybe if I played Celeste with a different D-pad, then maybe I'd have a better time with it. But mm. also just in general, no, Hollow Knight for me does feel a lot better. And it's not even a purely platformer game, which is why it's surprising that it does feel that much better. But it, yeah. it has a lot of things working towards it that make it, make it uh, do feel that much smoother. I, I think that's what it is. The game feels smoother than Celeste does, and it makes it feel better. Yeah. And what's interesting is that uh, I, on, a, on an annoying platform section that I had to do in the crystal area, I, whatever it was, the computer was having a bad day. I was playing on weird graphics settings. I, I was playing it on a different screen to the one I normally use, uh, which might have had a part of it, but I had what felt like horrendous input lag. Um, just for that one session, because it was, it was literally when, when it boots on my computer, it always tries to use my secondary monitor. I don't know why I can't change. It's not even, it's not even set as my primary. I don't know why it boots to that monitor. It just does. Um, and so in order to swap monitors, I have to take it out of full screen, drag it over, pop it back into full screen. It's a whole thing. Um, and so for this one session, I was like, ah, I'm only going to be playing like 20 or 30 minutes. I, I just, I can't be bothered. I just want to play some Hollow Knight. <laughs> and the number of times I died because of what felt like shaky, I can't trust the control. Like just, you, you know, like the second guessing, I don't think, I don't think I've put enough input in. So I put more input in then I overcook it and die. Yeah. Um, absolute pain. Swapped it to the other monitor. Absolutely fine again. Uh, admittedly, I didn't, I didn't put it back into full screen because now it's just easier to swap when it boots. So that might've also been part of it, but that's the only time it didn't feel crisp. And it was night and day between when it was working and when it wasn't. It was really interesting. Um, what I wanted to get, so yeah, we, we agree in terms of the, the crispness uh, compared to Celeste, which is, which is good because I, I figured you'd be in the same boat. What I'm more interested in is from the purely, I want to call it game design point of view. This would probably be the crux of what I want to spend time on because I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. Uh, I understand why games that open up like they do in Hollow Knight, uh, which, you know, once you get through the first area, it just, it just lets you loose. And so me only going through a couple biomes and then hitting City of Tears was me thinking, ah, this is, this, these are just the biomes that I'm uh, progressing through to, to complete the game. Um, I understand why walking through those, the game doesn't let you just instantly go anywhere you want. There are some places where it's very obvious you need a double jump, some places where it's very obvious that, well, I knew there had to be some mechanic to get around the acid. I didn't realize you could just swim in it. I was expecting, uh, I wasn't sure what I was expecting actually, but um, there was some traversal that I knew I needed there that I, that I didn't have access to. Uh, and then likewise, the, the weird black jet that you have to dash through with that upgrade, which, which I, I can now do. But uh, the fact that what feels like so many of these areas are, uh, what am I trying to say? The, the openness of Hollow Knight 
feels like a lot of it is based on finding the right single corridor that you could miss a single door somewhere. And by missing that single door somewhere, you've missed not just the access to the traversal upgrade thing, but uh, like another mini, uh, I want to say hub world, like uh, interconnected area with other little spokes. And, and you could miss all of it because you, you haven't gone through one door. And so it has been frustrating more than I thought it would be where I know that there is a double jump somewhere in the world that I just need to go and get. I just don't know where to even start trying to find that. And so to backtrack through so many places that I've been before, wondering if I just missed something in a previous area or if it's somewhere that I haven't been, because I, I for like two or three hours thought that I had discovered everything that I could and I didn't know where, where to go next because every direction that I tried to go, I was obviously blocked by a traversal upgrade that I was missing, but the game just doesn't give you anything to tell you oh hey you know like you you explored this area but you didn't finish exploring this area uh and and that that is interesting to me because my comparison point is funnily enough we've already talked about it elden ring where elden ring i i only had this problem twice i think out of playing elden ring and one was not realizing that Volcano Manor was more than just the, the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that there was a whole big thing underneath it. And so similar kind of issue of like, you just find this one little thing and then you're good. And there was one other place. I don't quite remember uh, where, but uh, again, walking around for a while, trying to find one little access to, to get in. But uh how how much did that hit you on particular your first playthrough? Um, I'm not going to lie and say it didn't. It does hit you quite a bit of like, I'm walking around the map. I don't know where I'm meant to be. Um, I I don't know if there's even any more to collect for traversal. So I'm just kind of at a standstill. And but I had a friend that's really really into Hollow Knight like he absolutely loves it he even bought the game for me um uh so I had him to fall back on whenever I got lost um and it's kind of I kind of enjoy it because it's one of those things that it's kind of like the original Zeldas and the original Metroids where you can get lost for so long and it becomes one of those things where you interact with other people to try and get further. Um, and Elden Ring had that whole community vibe to it as well. Um, Elden Ring kind of gives you an out where like every grace points you towards your next main objective. But when it comes mm. to pretty much everything else in the world, it's all like talking to friends or seeing message board online or even the messages in the game. And, it became this whole culture of talking about the game and just interacting with people around it. Um, and so it, it becomes an experience outside of just playing the game. And Hollow Knight kind of had that with me as well, where it was like, yeah, I, I, whenever I kind of get into these situations where I'm a little bit lost, I have someone to fall back on to kind of guide my hips into the right direction. Um, and yeah, so... It wasn't too bad of an issue for me. It's to the point where it was just one of those little kings of like, yeah, no, 
I understand why they went this direction, and I I'm kind of on board with it because there's there is a small element of me enjoying being lost and trying to find things, and then when it does get that little bit too much, then yeah, I had that out. So that that's definitely been me uh, most of the time as well. Uh, I, I I think what it is. Uh, so I I broadly I agree. I think why it's hit me harder than I expected it to in Hollow Knight is that Hollow Knight's map it fills out with things that you've discovered, but it doesn't fill out or rather let you put pins like for example Elden Ring does. Of I know there is something here that I can't get to yet. I will mark it so I can come back later. And it's it does, knitting- but you can only use like three pins. I think it was. Does it actually? And I, even I then, you need have- to buy them first. Ah, oh, okay, that might be what I'm missing then, because I I swear I have not seen any like putting it. Because even Zelda um, Breath of the Wild did that too. Of like, you can just mark these spots, and you're like, okay, cool, I'll come back later. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. and the the frustration I had is that uh, I'm walking around thinking that I've explored everything. And then uh, I look at the map, and my map uh, see it says like, "Oh, you you have this little um, uh, corridor that you haven't explored uh, at the edge of this map." I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." So I, I run over there, which takes me a while because I'm not super good at the game, and I'd probably die once on the way. Um, and so I finally make it there, and then I look at the corridor, and the corridor is like, "Oh, you don't have this traversal upgrade? Sorry, like, I don't I don't know what to tell you." And then it's like, "Okay, I need to commit to memory." that I need to come back here once I have this thing unlocked. And so it feels, it feels bad because the, uh, the game gives you the, the game, uh, conceptually isn't that hard that I've found. And I love that about it. It's very much, uh, pick a random direction and just go exploring for, for 20 minutes and just see what you find. Awesome. But once you've knocked out all of those sort of low hanging exploratory pathways, I feel like I'm cheating myself by having to Google how to double jump Hollow Knight and then finding someone who can't just say, oh, you get double jump by going here. It's you get double jump by going here, which requires that you get this thing and this thing on the way. And then it's like, oh, crap. OK, I've missed these things as well. And so it it feels like so much of the exploration is the game that when you get stuck, unless you have someone who can give you a, uh, like a hint rather than the answer who I, I just, I just don't, at least in, in terms of people who I talk to every day. Yeah. And even if you I'll- ask me, I'd be pretty bad at it as well because I haven't commit Hollow Knight's map to memory myself or its upgrades. Yeah. The, but like the, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned swimming through the Yasuda and it took me a minute to remember where that is. And yeah. I I have no clue how to actually get there. <laughs> like I know the biome, I don't remember how you get to that biome. Oh, I, I could tell you. <laughs> um, what's funny is I I can only tell you half of how to get there because uh, I I like th- this is sort of the state where I'm at in Hollow Knight, which is that I've explored every biome that I can, and one of them that annoyed me was stuff like the Fog Canyon, where the map tells you that it's the Fog Canyon, and you walk in there and it says this is the Fog Canyon, but you hear the map guy in the area behind something that you need a traversal thing to unlock, and so I think that must be the next thing that I need to unlock, 
And so me looking up how to get to that, the game, uh, uh, people say, oh, you can get to that this way, but you also need the, the crystal heart, uh, burst jump thing. Uh, and so going and unlock, I, I really wish I remember the name of it. The thing where like you hold L2 and then you just fly sideways. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the crystal dash. Crystal dash. That, that sounds right. Crystal something. You get it from the crystal area. Uh, and so me having to go get that means that, okay, I've now know how to get past the traversal puzzles on these two or three other things. But I've still, or I still now already know in my head how to get the next one. So it's not like it's, I, I guess I, I, I maybe maybe I'm explaining this backwards. Um, no, I'll, no, no, I'll, I get I'll, you. It's like you. No, no, no. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm trying to like summarize it for myself. And <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I, I'm stuck on, I'm stuck on a problem. And what I want is what, what is a hint for the next thing I should do? But all the information in front of me says that I go and Google how to get past this barrier. But the problem is this barrier is not necessarily the next thing I should do. So it spoils the next three things I should do by yeah. accident. And that's, yeah, that's how I was going to explain it. Like, you, you want to know solution A, but whenever you look it up, it gives you solutions A through to D. Yeah, and, and that, that is a little annoying because that, uh, uh, actually, it's actually, it's actually really funny now that I think about it. Because I had the same thing with, uh, have you ended up playing uh, Alta, wait, Wilds? <laughs> I have not, no. Okay. So Outer Wilds is very similar uh, in it, it takes a lot of the same boxes in terms of uh, the, the things that I've had trouble with in Hollow Knight, where the game completely opens up after the first area, literally go do what you want, exploration is part of it, and the game loosely keeps track of your progress on basically a whole bunch of little side objectives in service of the main story. And that's cool. And there were two moments where I didn't know what to do. And I actually did have someone to give me a hint at the next thing that I should be doing, not the solution to the problem in front of me. And that, in hindsight, was really good because it meant that there wasn't the fear of spoiling some larger piece of the game by accident. So it is, it is funny. I, what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing you tell me, Seth, is that like every time, like every other time I complain to you about something, it's skill issue, get more friends. Is that the, the loose takeaway? Yeah, essentially just have a friend that's played every game that you're interested in that's open. Um, so they can, they can, um, do the, the correct thing of just guiding you somewhere instead of telling you 15 solutions <laughs> for the next 10 hours of your gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, because yeah, yeah, I can I, see that taking some of the fun out of Hollow Knight because you just want to know the one answer, but then it's given you so many answers that it's just put you onto a railroad of what the next couple of hours of your game is going to be when so much yeah. of that game, the fun of that game is exploring the world. Like me, me organically finding the Mantis Claw was awesome because I thought I discovered something. I actually thought I discovered it out of order because I had to fight slash run for my life through a couple areas that I didn't think I was strong enough to go through normally. And so to make it all the way through that and get the Mantis Claw, I was like, ooh, this has rewarded me for exploring like hardcore. Uh, uh, and, and that was a great feeling. And the problem is that, you know, you use the Mantis Claw to get through a few to, to a few areas that you haven't touched before. Uh, and then you do the same thing where, okay, I'm blocked by acid pools and I'm blocked by double jump and I'm blocked by 
um, impossible caverns. Uh, I'm just going to pick one at random. And, oh no, the one that I picked at random requires being able to get past one of the other problems already. Oops. You know, uh, oh well. Um, so that, that I think is, is the, the, the biggest bane that I've had with, with Hollow Knight, which has otherwise been an absolutely fantastic game. I also have a, a slight nitpick with a couple of the enemy designs, which is, it's literally a skill issue. <laughs> but I, I have been just spaced perfectly by those little flying shits that shoot uh, three, three projectiles in a cone. Yes. Oh my yeah, gosh. They, they always snipe you. I don't know how, like, it's not even like the middle one. It's like, I've dodged the middle one, haha. And then I'm running and th th this is, this is like, th this is why it's not even an input delay thing. It's a, I'm watching myself move across the screen and I'm watching the bullet perfectly track me. And at no point do I think I should just stop moving and the bullet will miss me. It's just, I've dodged the middle bullet, I'm fine, and then I get hit, and then more often than not, either uh, get close to death, or, or just straight up die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I- Any of the little shits that say shoot you are annoying as hell. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I'm way too conservative with soul. I keep thinking I need to save it to heal myself, rather than save it to, to like, use spells. Um, now, when you feel like you can be aggressive with it, take that chance. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm starting to, it's only taken me, uh, I don't know if I mentioned, 20, 26 hours, uh, according to Steam, I have in Hollow Knight, um, uh, of that, quite a few hours of it, me aimlessly wandering around the map. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got, um, I've got 62 hours into Hollow Knight, I think one of those save files is like 10 hours, one's like 20 and unfinished, and then the last one is like 30. Yeah. And finished. Uh, yeah. Overall, really, really fun. Uh, I <laughs> annoyingly, the momentum is still there after having it spoiled for me. Because even though I now know what's in store for the next couple hours, that doesn't make me less likely to play it. There's just a little part of me that wishes I would have had the, to be honest, the skill. Uh, it it hurts that I call myself a gamer and I don't have the skill to figure out some of these things for myself. Yeah, uh, even then, it's some, of, some of the things is just like, some of the things in Hollow Knight are cryptic. Like, not to give too much away about the ending, but it has multiple endings, and the way to get the different ones are all very cryptic. That's interesting. It's the only thing I, I spoiled myself on before going into the ending of the game was how to get the different ones. Is it one of those, like, you, you know when you're about to do the ending? Oh, you'll you'll definitely know when you're going to go. You can go to the ending pretty early because at the very beginning of the game they show you where the finish line is and True. what the objective is. Yeah. And once you do that, those objectives, you can just go there whenever you want. Oh, okay. Huh. Like, there's no big secrets. Oh, you you did these things, but then go do this final thing. It's just like, yeah, no, you did these. You're good to fight the final boss. Go, so go fight Clem again to, with, with, yeah, your, just, with your six branches. Just, um, just the rest of the world is to help you uh, get upgraded, find out more about the story of the world, mm. and yeah, essentially all that. I see, I see. Um, I, oh yeah, the, the other thing that I thought I was smarter at doing was uh, I, I had a, uh, two levels of nail upgraded um, in, in my head fairly early on. 
and uh, I'm actually trying to save Geo for the for the next upgrade, which I th I think is the third. I need two thousand Geo and some Pale Ore, uh, and I'm and I'm about eight hundred Geo short. Um, which I know I could sell some stuff to the vendor for, for Geo, but it's I always I get scared of selling things in exactly. Hollow Knight. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there there is one guy that you can sell. There is one guy you can sell valuable, useless junk, like. It's like um ancient coins and stuff like that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. In That's your inventory has nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I know I know where he is, but it's like um someone watched me play Elden Ring and then I showed them how many like just like uh what are they rune coins, rune. Oh, ah yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you whatever you you break to um uh, to get more runes in yeah, your inventory. Yeah. Well, whatever those are, I've already forgotten the name of them. Um, but but those things, I had so many. That they were like, how? Like, uh, have you not used any of these? No, I might need them later. But you need them now, but I might need them more later. You know, once I got out of the habit for that one, it was just like, essentially, oh, I have enough here that if I pop them, I'll just get a level. So I'm going to pop them now and get that level. Yeah, I definitely had to do that towards the end of Elden Ring. Um, but yeah, uh, I, so, uh, yeah, there was like three things. Yeah, so um, I, uh, that's right. No, it's right. It's, it's it's coming back to me what the last what the last Hollow Knight play session was. It was um uh going to some house thing by Fog Canyon and fighting a boss, but there still being the the icon on the mini map. So it told me that there was still like another boss to fight. Um, one of the the icons in service of the final objective, I assume. Uh, and so uh, the only thing that I the only the only thing left in that area that I couldn't explore was because of the acid, and so I looked up how to swim Hollow Knight. Um, uh, and so that, that's how I knew that there was a thing that lets you swim in acid, so went and collected that, uh, trying to get the 2000 Geo for the last nail upgrade, and there was one other thing that I also had on the go. But the point is, still, still sort of in the, in the thick of it, uh, having, having fun with it. Uh, yeah, I... I am looking forward to playing more of it when I have time, and I'm definitely looking forward. Like I've already played enough Hollow Knight to know that I that I'm interested in Silk Song when that eventually oh, comes yeah, out. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and the question is, I know that they said uh, this year, but I don't think we've heard any updated news about it. It's, I it don't sounded... think they. I don't think they said this year. They you've said. We're delaying it, and we don't know when it'll be, and we're not sure when we're going to announce a release date. Oh, they did, didn't they? Uh, I, I was thinking yeah, it was, the, the, it was the initial last announcement. Yeah, yeah, it was last year. They said it was on the Xbox show, and Xbox was like, "Every game we show off here is gonna release in the next twelve months." That's and in, in, what it was. Yes. And then in the final month, the Silk Song team was like, "Yeah, we're not releasing yet." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it in one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that makes way more sense. Um, one final question for you as someone who has, has played it and finished it. A lot of the builds that I currently run are, uh, well, <laughs> single build in that it's just a collection of random useful things that I keep on but have no coherent, uh, structure or, or reason for existing. Uh, it seems like there are maybe a handful of of collectibles, I don't know what the right word is, uh, equipables. That, the pins? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it seems like there's like a handful that would have effects that work well with each other, but otherwise they seem like discrete upgrades rather than forming a cohesive build. Are there actual builds that, I that you ended up know, making? I don't know if there's any builds. I just equipped things that I felt were useful. Like, um, yeah, that's been my approach. There, there were a couple that was like, oh yeah, here's a couple of extra hearts. And for a while I had those. And then once I stopped being a little bitch, I, um, I started using ones that were like, when you hit, you, uh, when you hit things, you get a little more soul energy. Yep. Using here's that a, one. Here's a, um, a metal that's like increases your reach by a little bit. I think there might even be one that was like, it decreases your reach, but it, um, increases the attack power. And I started using that at some point, maybe if that oh, one does exist. I, I can't remember for sure if that's an actual one that's in the game, but I feel like it is. Hmm. But yeah, yeah a, lot, it's, a lot of it's, the it's ones are just like enhancing your soul abilities or enhancing your reach or um, yeah. just your general melee abilities. Because generally the, the uh, decision making process is, is there a boss in the next room that I'm trying to fight? If there is, swap the compass and a couple of the... Uh, yeah, swap the compass and the geo automatically floats towards you and one other one in exchange for more hearts and uh, a shield. Otherwise, yeah. uh, there's like one collection of like four that I just wear the whole time. Yeah, sometimes those nail ones are also to your detriment though. Like there's um, some areas where you might need to platform by using the um, nail to bounce off things and having the extended reach actually messes me up by... Um, pushing me oh, back too changing. far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Interesting. Yeah. So you have to be careful sometimes with what you're using, depending on where you are. Like, um, I think one of the ones that I had for a while was that um, when you dash, um, it, it gives you a little bit of a hit uh, hitbox to hurt things, but certain bosses uh, um punish you for using that. Um, so, or it was like extending the length of the dash. And um, that made spacing certain attacks too hard, so I had to take it off. Hmm. Fascinating. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, overall impressions. Very, very good game. Holy shit. Uh, probably very cheap as well. It was always floating around the, like, 20... Maybe 25, actually? What is it on Steam currently? Because it was it's $21.95. Yeah, because it was one of those, like... I, I don't want to play it immediately, but as soon as it went on sale, I just, I snapped it up uh, and I've been uh, Yeah, and it goes it on since. sale regularly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, $20, $22. Wait, hang on. How much did you say it was? $21.95. That's so amazing. It's, it's, it's $21.99 New Zealand. I didn't realize the Australian dollar was doing that poorly. Uh, it's getting there. <laughs> You're trying your hardest. We're not. We're really not. <laughs> Yeah, Hollow Knight uh, is one of those games that, like, I highly recommend people try it out because, yeah, it's dirt cheap. It gets even dirtier, cheaper um, every couple of months, and it's just, it's very relaxing to play, honestly. The, like, the it does have some excellent. difficulty spikes, but overall, it's kind of like a chill exploring game. Hmm. And the whole um, bench, uh, bench as being the checkpoints is cool. That's basically the grace thing, but... Uh, I, I kind of wish it would be that I would have a faster time getting between scarab beetles or scarab posts. Yeah. Uh, some of them are just in obtuse places to try and navigate between. 
yeah, yeah, they do get a little um out of hand. Out of claw, even. But that's where we will leave the Hollow Knight discussion for today. Uh, thank you for indulging me, Seth. You're very welcome. I, I love Hollow Knight very deeply, so I'm always open to chat about that for almost 40 minutes. <laughs> that, that, is what I was, uh, that is what I was seeing as well. Um, uh, right, why don't, we, why, don't we try, why don't we try the Kingdom Hearts tier list? We'll see how this goes. This, this could go horrifically wrong. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. Um, so I've I've got the tier list up on the screen now for everyone to see. If if you're a video watcher, um, and you'll see down the bottom, I have not being ranks because they're redundant titles. Uh, this is this is specifically going. We're not gonna we're not gonna rank the vanilla releases of certain games because honestly, it doesn't matter because the final mixes will just go above the vanilla re- releases. So there's no point of ranking them. I am already so scared of this because I did not realize there were this many Kingdom Hearts games. What the hell? Uh, some of them are a little redundant, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll get through it. Um, as, as we go through them, you'll be like, Seth, why the fuck did you keep that one there? And it's very important I keep those ones there. Uh, I, I do have them listed in our release date order as well. So for anyone as familiar with the Kingdom Hearts franchise, this will be very easy tracking. But um, Patrick- For anyone like me, you're fucked. <laughs> Patrick, are you ready to get into this? No, but let's do it. Let's, let's, let's try it anyway. That uh, Go team. There we go. All right, let's go. Let's do it. All right. First up, we have Kingdom Hearts 1. This- Set up the franchise. It is what introduced okay. us to the world of Disney crossing over with Square Enix characters, uh, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy specifically. Gameplay wise. So it's got Tifa in it. No, not this one. It does have Cloud, but it doesn't have Tifa. Uh, uh, game- D tier. D tier. You don't even want to hear about how the gameplay is on this one. <laughs> hey, I just, I just I call it as I see it. No, no, t- tell me about it. Tell me about it. This, this, this I, one I, seems I, important given it spawns so many other fucking ones <laughs> of these. So, yeah, so this one, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very simple story. It's about a boy fighting the darkness. Um, there's a crew of uh, also known as me when I close my eyes. <laughs> no, that, that is fighting back to tears. A little of column A, a little of column B. Um, there, there's a there's a crew of Disney villains that, as uh, Sora, the main character, is visiting the world, so he has to um fight them off because they're all using the Heartless and the forces of darkness to go against him. Um, it's Wait, it's a coming on, of age I story. I that Sora. Oh, like from Smash. Yeah, yeah, from Smash. What's Sora doing in Kingdom Hearts One? I thought Sora was for Smash. No, no, this is how he got to Smash. We're, we're going through his journey of how to get there. Um, <laughs> the last Kingdom Hearts game is just a 1v1 between you and I. So, um, <laughs> gameplay-wise, this is very inspired by, um, by Ocarina of Time-ish. Like, it's, it's, got that, it's got a little bit of platforming more than Ocarina of Time does, but like combat-wise and weight-wise, it kind of feels similar to that game in that sort of general adventure vo- vibe, if you get what I mean. D tier. D tier? No, 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 I just, <laughs> tell, tell me more about it, but I just, someone, someone is driving somewhere and they nearly crashed hearing that, so I just, you're welcome. I, I think that's all, I think that's about all I can say about Kingdom Hearts 1, given, like, the vague categories I'm giving you, like, just yeah, vague okay. descriptions. 
what is the most no what what are some notable uh Disney villains that are in this one? Uh we have Hades, Ursula, Captain Hook, Oogie Boogie, uh Maleficent, and Jafar. Uh Clayson That's- Clayson is also in this one. He's not in the League of Villains, but he he is featured in this game because they have a Tarzan world. Also, the biggest villain is the Cheshire Cat in the Alice in Wonderland level. That's the biggest villain? The Cheshire Cat is always the biggest villain when you have Disney crossovers. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, it probably very novel for its time. Uh, d- what was the most annoying... Uh, what was... In, in terms of controls, because this is like a 3D uh, like action platformy type job, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, w- were the, was it... Uh, were there any moments like Crash Bandicoot 1 where the camera would just completely fuck you in terms of a POV trying to make a jump? I don't think the camera ever fucks you, but the jump weight in this game hasn't aged gracefully. Like, hmm. what what is there in the constraints of the game is fine, and they do, like, you as you progress, you unlock things like a high jump and a glide to help with those. But general weightiness of your jumps in this game is probably the most annoying thing if you were to go back to this game. Okay. Well, uh, I it sounds like uh, a, sol- a solid A tier to me. Solid A tier. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't. I I feel like given how many of these games there are, there will be games that that perfect the formula later on. But this one did a, a well enough job that it's got a couple hiccups, but but is still a fairly solid. Uh, still a fairly solid put together game. A good start as well to the series. There, there wouldn't be this many Kingdom Hearts games if it wasn't a solid start for the series. Okay, so I mean, next up we fine, have. Fine, but next time we do FIFAs and then I will make you eat those words. I'm sure the first FIFA was good for its time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up we have Chain of Memories. This is a Game Boy Advance spin off game. Um. Now, taking that into account, there's a lot of limitations. Um, the combat yeah, system- Yeah, I was going to say, Game Boy Advanced, how do you turn the camera? That, that will decide this. You don't. It's an isometric top, like, three-quarter kind of top-down view. Um, ah, okay, okay, yeah. Sprite, sprite work in this game is very nice, actually. Like, it's a really well-done art style. Uh, combat yep. is you have it. You build a deck of cards. Um, depending on what. Holy key- shit! This is oh, we're we're putting together a solid case for an S at the moment. But continue. Uh, depending on the keyblade your card has depends on it will determine its strength. And they all have numbers zero through to nine. Um, zero cards can break any card, but they can also be broken by any card that's thrown after them. Um. And it, so it becomes like a game of uh, the higher, like, if you want to break an enemy's card because it's lower than what you have, like, a one is beaten by a two, two is beaten by a three, and so on. Um, you can stack cards together to do special moves as well, and their stacks combined value is what the um, value of that move will be. Different val- So the combat's turn, turn-based? No, no, it's all still real-time. So you're running around rotating your cards out and attacking at the same time as the enemies while you're throwing cards out and they're throwing cards out as well. And you have to line up your characters to make sure that when you throw out a card, the um, swing animation is still playing because it's still doing the free hit system from the first game. It's just tied to throwing out your cards. Okay. Okay. Um, Story-wise, it does a lot of interesting things between the levels. 
um, we're introduced to the organization called Organization 13 in this one. And as you're progressing uh, up the castle, uh, they're fucking around with Sora's memories. He's losing his memories and they're being replaced. Uh, his memories of uh, the love interest, Kairi, is being replaced by this girl named Namine. And it kind of... It Sounds like a relatable main character to me. Yeah, and it kind of delves into themes of like identity and memory, like how memories affect your perception of identity. Um, Sounds like me on a Tuesday night. <laughs> but when it comes to the actual worlds of the game, it's all of the same worlds from Kingdom Hearts 1 and all of their plot lines are rehashed. We're just missing- Ah, we're, that's- we're, uh, Yeah, we're just missing the Tarzan world from this one because they lost the license to use that one. But on top of that, there's also a second playthrough mode available where you can play as Sora's best friend, Riku, where you don't- The, the decks are determined for you by- um, by what world you're going into, so they're all pre-built decks for you, and his combat does feel a lot smoother, but there's less versatility to him, and he's also kind of like a shorter experience because as he's going through the Disney worlds, there's not really a lot of story going through those ones. So whether that's a plus, but or the story a itself is rehashed from the first one. You said, well, yeah, the story, the story of the worlds, because you experience them through Sora's point of view. He has memories of all those places, but because Riku didn't experience those worlds, he has no memories of those places, so there's no story to tell there. So all of his story is going, is the little chunks in between each level. No, no, but what I mean is um, uh, the, the story of this game is based off of Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, just, just the Disney worlds. Everything in between the Disney worlds is all original content. Ah, uh, okay. So if, if you have, if you hadn't played the first one, would anything that happens in this one make sense? It would. It would. Um, they do a little recap at the beginning to show you the ending of the first one. And then they just kind of go like, yeah, so an adventure happened in the first game. You don't need to be too privy on the details to understand what's going on in this game. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, everything that I'm hearing makes, makes this uh, an S-tier game for me. Really? Okay, S-tier yeah. for that one. That's, that, that's the rosiest rose tinted glasses you've ever seen for a nostalgic experience on a Game Boy Advance, but uh, I... Shoot, was it, was it The Last Airbender? One of the games did um, top-down isometric type thing quite well as well for Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. Top-down isometric on the Game Boy Advance was done pretty well. I think the only games that... Yeah, I think even the Spyro games were received pretty well. Anyway, we're moving on to Kingdom Hearts 2. This one is 2006 now. We're, we've come a long way since the first game. Um, when, when was the first game? I, I, I didn't even mention that. Oh, the, yeah. the first game was um, 2002, I think. Oh, wow. Chain okay. of Memories yep. was easily oh, yes. 2003 or 2004. Um, so there, there's a bit of a gap between them, but yeah, Kingdom Hearts 2 comes out 2006. Um, it is leaning more towards action, so all of the combat feels snappier in this. The uh, movement is a lot better. Like, this game really loves movement uh, tech. Um, it introduces the powered-up forms called drive forms, where once you activate them, you lose a party member, but you gain an extra keyblade and start dual wielding them and doing fancier combos with them. Um, in that sounds sick. 
in contrast to that, the worlds have taken a step back a little in design where where Kingdom Hearts one had like boxy levels to do a lot of platforming and exploring. Kingdom Hearts 2, because it's more action focused, makes them more streamlined corridory um to go from battle to battle. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not. It's this is just to give a frame of reference of like the design decisions that they're going for. Yeah, yeah, different philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see it. I see it. Very different. Like this is a lot more on the side of making the game feel very good to play. Um Okay, story-wise, story wise, story hit me with the story. What, story? Are we, what are we at with the story? This is the yep. most confusing you'll ever get when jump if you missed chain of memories um the beginning of this game will confuse you heavily because you begin the game with um with a character named roxas and he's having all these dream he's in the last week of his summer vacation and he's having all these weird memories of sora's adventure in kingdom hearts one and it's just a lot of weird things are happening um i i won't talk too much detail about like the intricacies of what's going on there but like yeah Going into this game, if you skip Chain of Memories, you are very confused about who Roxas is. Even after playing Chain of Memories, you've got like a little inkling of him, but this is like expanding on what Chain of Memories put down. Um, but then you get to Sora, and uh, he's he's lost all of his memories of what happened in Chain of Memories. <laughs> Funnily enough, like by the end so of the chain was broken, <laughs> is what is what you're is what you're saying. Yeah. It's, that that's essentially what they say in the game. Like his chain of memories is so fucked up that he has to forget what happened in that game to remember Kyrie at the end of it. Um. So yeah, like him character wise, anything that happened in chain of memories doesn't matter to him, and you can go from there and continue the progression of the story. And it's actually very simple this time going forward. Um. It's just he's. Uh, He's going through the worlds trying to figure out what happened to his friend Riku, and along the way, the remaining members of Organization 13 are getting in his way. Hmm. Is this a game that you, having played it, look back on more fondly for... Like, do you, do you remember the story? Or... Uh, sorry, do you remember the story positively or negatively? Positively, positively. There's a lot of very good moments in this. Hmm. It seems like it seems like what what you're telling me is that we have an Assassin's Creed one to Assassin's Creed two situation. Yeah, essentially. And so, and so for for that reason, I want to put it in S tier. But uh, I'm now nervous that I power crept my bracket. <laughs> so we'll stick it in S for now, but we might need to shift everything down one. All right. Um, I'm not going to worry about placements. I'm just going to go through like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 just yeah. I've, I've already forgotten the names of the, the like the, the full names of the title. So I couldn't tell you the ordering if I tried. Yeah. All good. All good. Um, re chain of memories. Now th this is important because I'd really needed to put this in here. This is a 3d remake of chain of memories on the PS2. So you take all of those concepts that were in chain of memories originally, and you just stick the camera behind Sora and make it 3D. But it's otherwise the same game. It's the same game. It's just very, very different feeling because you're taking what was an isometric game into a 3D game and all the trappings that might come with that were not ironed out. Yeah, that... But on the plus side, you're getting pres better presentation value out of it. Uh, hmm. I don't know. 
fun, fun, happy sprite work in an isometric game versus I'm assuming some form of modeling uh, for the PS2 with a fixed camera. Yeah. Um, because of how good the concept of the GBA one sounds, I'm going to stick this one in C. It seems like if they wanted to do a rehash that they needed to iron out or expand it in some way, but a straight mapping with a camera change. Not really doing it for me. Yeah, I'm not too privy on a lot of the changes, but it's it, for all sakes and purposes of this tier list and argument, it's basically the same game, but made 3D. Okay, so now we have uh, uh, three, five, eight over two days. This is one of the silliest titles, like titles names in the in the franchise. Dick. It has it has a meaning. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely has a meaning. So essentially what you're doing is you're going through the 358 days that Broxus was a um organization member. And just just also a real kicker for like attention to detail on this. That's seven days short of 365 because those last seven days are the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2. So just Yo. just so- <laughs> That that's that's a fun detail I wanted to throw in there. Um, the divided by two is because it's told through two characters. Daylight savings. Oh, no. right. No, let's do your thing. Yeah. So we have Roxas, who is the thirteenth member of Organization Thirteen, and we have uh, Shion, who is the fourteenth member of Organization Thirteen. <laughs> she doesn't really count as a real um organization member in the grand scheme of things. Um, that's a bit sexist. It's more because she is a puppet. She, her, wow, it's very sexist. Um, so I, I'm going to do a little bit of a spoiler in here. So I've, I've said a few names now. So we ha- we've had Sora, and we've had Roxas. Patrick, there's something going on with those names. I want to see if you figure it out in the next ten seconds before I give you the answer. Uh. Sora and Roxas are the same letters, just in different mixings. Yep, with an X thrown in there. Yeah, with an X thrown in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is exactly what it is. Um, Shion, she is puppet number one, like N-O dot I. So her name is number one with an X in it. Um, she is a prototype unit that's made to essentially siphon Sora's... Uh, um, Sora's powers through Roxas because all of them are connected. She's made from in Chain of Memories. I mentioned that he's losing his memories of Kairi and she's made from those lost memories of Kairi. So Sora can't wake up in Kingdom Hearts 2 until she's erased from existence. Um, th- this, is a, this is a lot of 358 over two days spoilers, honestly. Um, but outside of that, like, the majority of the game is just kind of doing day-to-day tasks with Roxas and Shion going through their year together in um in the organization and their struggles as they like try to learn about who they are themselves because they what what fun what fun Disneyland D- Disney World have we got? Uh I think it's essentially Essentially, the same ones as Kingdom Hearts One again. A, a running oh theme is that out, a, a running theme on the Kingdom Hearts games is that a lot of the side games uh, reuse a lot of um, Kingdom Hearts One levels. I think there's a couple of ones that are from Kingdom Hearts Two as well, like um, the Beauty and the Beast Castle was in Kingdom Hearts Two and it is in Days. So this is like a mix between recycling from both games. 
Uh, I mean, throwing in some some old classics, but needing a fucking PhD for the lore dump. Uh, we're gonna put that one in C tier. C tier. Yeah. Yeah. Like honestly, I got a little out of hand with that but... one. <laughs> I went into yeah, too like, much detail it, for that one because uh, it's 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 a fascinating concept, but man, I just want to play the video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Birth by Sleep Final Mix. This one's treated as a main game. This is on the... Oh, right. I should, also should have mentioned. Uh, Days was a, um, DS game. Um, Birth by Sleep is a PSP game. Stick it down a tier. <laughs> it, it's still a fully 3D game, if that does anything to keep it up there. Okay. What, what... I assume the top screen is you walking around. What's on the bottom screen? And don't tell me it's lore. No, no, it's not lore. I think it's like your map and objectives. Does the touchscreen actually do anything? For menu navigation, yes. <sighs> what do the shoulder buttons do on the DS? Uh, I think in this game they rotate the camera. Okay, that's actually that's sort of what I hoped, so. Okay, yeah, it, it stays in C, but it's close. It, it's just, it's risking that edge of dropping down. Uh, Birth, it is. Birth by Sleep is a PSP game. Um, yes. We, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to argue that. <laughs> no. So we go, this is a prequel game. It goes 10 years before Kingdom Hearts 1. It oh my fucking God. It introduces us to three new Keyblade wielders. Oh, of course it does. Um, and How many of these people are, are the 15th, 16th, and 17th? Wait, actually, sorry, prequel. How many of these are the... Uh, zero, one, and two orders. Uh, people of of organization thirteen. I'll get to that later. Oh fuck me. Okay, <laughs> I that. Oh no. <laughs> this is, so after Kingdom Hearts two is where we start getting into the story of Kingdom Hearts getting very very expansive. Um, I I I hope this adds points to this game in your favor. Um, the main villain, uh, the main character of the game is voiced by Mark Hamill and he is very much a Star Wars samurai Jedi type character and the main villain of this game is voiced by Leonard Nimoy so, so we have the leading wow. we, we have two of the leading characters being Star Wars and Star Trek and it's on the PSP and it's on the PSP <laughs> Seth you can stop sucking I've already came it's, it's a solid S tier for me <laughs> Should I, should I go on for the sake of going on, or should I leave you as an S tier on this one? You know what? Just, <laughs> just, just leave me in my post-not clarity and just stick it in S tier and move on. <laughs> uh, Recoded is another rehash game. We're rehashing Kingdom Hearts 1 again. D. D? <laughs> no, no, tell, tell, me, tell me slightly more. Why, why is this one rehashed? Like, pla like uh, platform update? What are, we, what are we rehashing this one for? So you know Jiminy Cricket, right? <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> why, why did you start with that? Because this is how the game's going to start. Okay. Jiminy- so, so the answer, the answer is yes. Uh, has he committed crimes? No. No war crimes. Okay, continue. So Jiminy Cricket throughout the games with Sora, he's been inside Sora's hoodie, um, writing a journal of the adventures. Um... A part of the consequence of going through Chain of Memories is that the Journal of Kingdom Hearts 1 has been erased, and the only notes left in it is to thank Namine. Um, so, 
the reason we're doing a recap is because they digitized the journal of Kingdom Hearts 1 to try and figure out what's going on inside it. And we play as a data Sora going through Kingdom Hearts 1 essentially again. And there's, there's a lot of themes of can, can data have feelings and emotion thrown in there? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of rehash. On, on the plus side, um, Birth by Sleep introduced what's called a command deck where um, uh, you have like a scrolling wheel on, the, on, the, um, on your commands list where it's got uh, your spells like Fire, Cure, uh, Magnet, all of those things, and you can fuse those abilities together to make them stronger. Um, and it's just like a press of one button, it uses that ability, and then it scrolls down to the next one. Recoded, in my opinion, has the best form of the um, command deck gameplay. Hmm. Shit, this one's tough. <laughs> yeah, you're argu- you're, you're, you, you have to argue between what's essentially one of the best combat feeling games um, against it's just a rehash again. Against also, it's, it's a on rehash, the DS. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I guess if I'm playing the game, I do want the gameplay experience to be good, even if the story is subpar. Uh, uh, but it's the DS, so... Okay, for, for how uncomfortable playing some games like Kingdom Hearts is on DS, because this is pre-3DS uh, with the... I want to say the C-Stick, that's not... Yeah, you've got to use a D-pad. For, yeah. for for context, I played these games on the 3DS, so I, so the the but the, the circle pad does work as the um as a D pad in those versions, so that yeah. did help a lot. Yeah, but I'm saying when this game came out, it would have been playing with D pad. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's Ooh. possibly a minus there. And uh and and it's still the best mechanic, uh still still the best one of the best feeling mechanics like combat wise of the series. He said. Uh, for the style that it's going for, yes. Yeah, I don't know. C C C tier still feels uh feels about right. C tier, cool. Yeah, cool, cool mechanic, but DS DS D pad platforming is just hard. Yeah, and that's this fair. This is coming from this is coming from someone who played. Actually, no, no, I take that back. I was going to say someone who played five hundred hours of Monster Hunter, but I played that with a circle pad like a regular person. Oh, I should also throw in here that Recoded has a lot of um of gameplay shifts. So when you get to um the Olympus Coliseum world with Hercules, it turns into a turn-based RPG in that world. Or when you get to the final boss of um of uh, the Alice in Wonderland level, it turns into like a behind-the-back um s- s- uh, shooter sort of style, like not uh, arcade shooter, like Space Harrier or Space Invaders, but from behind the back. So there's a lot of weird gameplay shifts going on in this game as well. When you say weird, are there are there ones that you replaying it would be like, ah oh, fuck, here comes this gameplay shift. It's been so long since I've played Recoded, I can't answer that for you. I from memory, I really did like the turn based RPG world. I was gonna say ter- yeah, so I say turn based RPG sounds sick and and would fit really well with how the DS can play play those sorts of games. Yeah. Is I think it's a little telling that those are the only two I can remember as well. Yeah, I I I think I think we leave it in we leave, leave it in C tier. Yeah, yeah. If if there had been a couple others, maybe maybe we bump that to B. But 
yeah, still still not hearing not hearing enough of the uh, the Jerry Seinfeld, you know, to really put it in the B tier. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, next up, we have uh, Kingdom Hearts I'm 3D. So proud of that. <laughs> we have 3D Dream Drop Distance. If they, the name didn't give it away, this was originally released on the 3DS. Um, circle pad uh, movement now? This, yep, we got circle pad movement now. Love that. Um, it introduces... It, it's the same type of gameplay system as Birth by Sleep and Recoded, so it's got the command deck style. Um, it also introduces a, a system called Flow Motion, where you, uh, you can dash into walls and grind rails and from those you can like leap off them or do grinds down rails or um yeah essentially those or like if there's like a light pole in the middle of the street you spin around it and off those you can do attacks or more traversal options feels does very Sora good yell to do. parkour at the end of these sorry what was that does Sora yell parkour at the end of each one of these no he doesn't um this b tier <laughs> Uh, this also has split between you play as Sora and you play as Riku again. So Riku is more realized in this game now that he's not limited to the card system. Um, it has this weird mechanic going on in it where you have this thing called the, um, the I think it's a dream gauge. Essentially, it's like a ticking timer where um, once it empties, you automatically switch to the other character, no matter where you are in the world. This can cause some issues like you drop in the middle of um, a, a boss fight, go to the other character, and then when you come back to the first character, that boss, maybe you almost killed it the first time around, but now it's back at full health. You've got to redo the boss fight again. Holy shit, that's... Hey. Uh, ooh. Um, this is also where the story kind of gets very complicated. Um, okay. Okay, hang on. This, hang on. this is the one you that introduced time me, travel. You, fuck me. You explained to me the like Game of Thrones of Game one through four when we went through a previous one. What do you mean it gets complicated now? So you remember that Xehanort guy I mentioned before? No. <laughs> so this is a game that introduces that the villains we fought up to this point, Ansem and Xehanort, they are split. They they're his. Uh, heartless and his nobody, which are what happened when you lose your heart to darkness. Um, so by b- defeating both of those, he has reformed as a fully completed person again. And we're also introduced to the idea of Kingdom Hearts Horcruxes, where he can oh, he, <laughs> he essentially infuses his soul into other people, and he's b- building a brand new. Organization 13 full of people that he's slowly corrupting into being, like, doing his will. Um, did did he sh- put part of his soul into anyone under the age of 18? Yes. Be honest. D-tier. Yes. Terrible. War crime. D-tier. D-tier. It's also the game where, if you've seen the meme, it's uh, someone, like, staring into the camera... Yell, uh, proclaiming he's already half Xehanort. I have not said that's that sounds like such a niche meme. You're like, oh yeah, you know, like when you were scrolling Facebook and you saw that. No. <laughs> Union X or Union Cross. I, I will don't say like one Union's thing- D tier. You know what? <laughs> I'll I'll allow that tier. I just want to say one word and get it out of the way. Well, two words. 
Mobile Gacha. Oh, God. E tier. E tier. Well, I, for the sake of my comparison list, I'm not making an E tier. <laughs> so, bottom of D. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 0.2 Birth by Sleep A Fragmentary Passage The actual worst title in that, this series That can't be the title It is That Why? So on, Wait 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 what, what platform is this on? Uh Originally PS4 It's on everything modern now Because it was part of a collection Okay I, I was really worried you would say Nintendo, uh, you'd say Nintendo DS, because you know how they have to type out the, the, like, the printed form of the title on the spine of the case? Yes. And whenever it was too long, it would, like, shrink the font size to make it fit? Yeah, I think I, Resident Evil Revelations had that happen to I it. I hate seeing when all my nice DS cases are in a nice little stack, and then one of them has, like, the size 8 font in the middle with the word salad. It's... It's yep. so aesthetically unpleasing that I'm already on the back foot for this game, but but pit, pitch it to me. So to give to give full context, this is from the collection called Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Because we're not at three yet, but they couldn't use 2.5 because that was the one that had Kingdom Hearts 2 and Verf by Sleep. So Days was like the middle between two that uh, collection and Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out. Uh, the 0 0.2 is because Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep is treated as Kingdom Hearts 0. So this is like, it's a little bit past Birth by Sleep, but not at Kingdom Hearts 1 yet. Um, so at the end of Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, one of the characters, Aqua, she sacrifices herself for her friends and falls into the realm of darkness. Uh, this basically just shows how she spends those 10 years traps there and hasn't aged a day either. What Disney World? Um, uh, fucked up version of Cinderella, fucked up version of Snow White and fucked up version of uh, Cinderella, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. They, those sound like three very similar maps. Uh, yeah, yeah, this was a very, this, this was a very cheaply done one. This is like a three hour long tech demo for Kingdom Hearts 3, essentially. This is, this is Kingdom Hearts Ground Zeroes for what Kingdom Hearts 3 is Metal Gear Solid 5. Hmm. If this game didn't exist, would Kingdom Hearts 3 be worse? I, so... You're, you're, uh, so I mentioned at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2 that we start with that Roxas segment. If this didn't exist, this would just be stapled onto the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, seems like it's making the solid case for, uh, for an old D tier. D tier? Actually, actually ga gameplay-wise, uh, what, what we, now that we're on PS4, anything fun mechanically that we're doing? Um... It's not quite as good as Kingdom Hearts 2, but it's going for that same similar feel. And it's kind of showing where the steps of where Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be going gameplay-wise. Hmm. Were you left wanting more at the end of the three hours? Yeah, essentially just, well, it, it placated my expect- It placated me Pla to wait until Pla Kingdom Hearts placated. 3. Placated. 
Yeah. Sounds like you're trying to say lactated. It made it it made me confident in the direction they were going with with Kingdom Hearts three, and I was I was happy to wait for it. Okay, no B tier, B tier. We'll 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 B tier this bad boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Uh, Kingdom Hearts back cover. Wait, so we're, not, we're still not at three. We're still I'm not so at three. This, 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 this was a, what the fuck. <laughs> Where this is the last one before Kingdom Hearts three. This was also in that two point eight collection. Essentially, this is a one and a half hour movie of some of the events going on oh in Union God. Cross. It, what it, part because of this they, is the game? There is no game here. It's just a movie to get you ready for Kingdom Hearts 3 and know some elements from that mobile gacha game that nobody played. Okay, the fact, the fact, that, they, the fact that they released a movie to describe the elements of a mobile gacha game that they realized they fucked up by releasing, automatically above D, but actually we'll put it in B. B movie, B movie. There we go. All right, now we're at Kingdom Hearts 3. All right, I've, I've, it's been hyped. Let's, let's see how... It, how so, yeah, sell, sell me on it. Let's see if the hype train is real. So, uh, instead of having drive forms from Kingdom Hearts 2, this has something called key for, uh, keyblade changes, keyblade forms. So, essentially, as you're attacking things, you build up a meter, and when that meter is full, uh, you can press the triangle button, and it changes the keyblade to something else. So, in um, for the default weapon, it changes your moveset to be similar to the Kingdom Hearts 2 moveset. Uh, for the Winnie the Pooh, um, Keyblade, it changes it into a into dual pistols that shoot honey. Um for the toy story <laughs> for the toy story keyblade, it's for the toy story keyblade, the first form changes into a giant hammer, and then the second form of it changes it into like a hand size basically like a hand drill, like it's the size of your forearm. Um and yeah, like it, it goes along those sort of lines. Um this is the first one, first game that has Pixar worlds. So you, we have, um, we have Toy Story and we have Monsters Inc. in this one. We also get Big Hero Six in this one. Oh man, uh, that's that's such a dub. It has less worlds overall than Kingdom Hearts Two, but content-wise, each world is um is worth multiple Kingdom Hearts Two worlds. I feel. Is that in terms of, like, story content, or is that just in terms of, like, the world? Game content and story content. Yeah, okay. Um, it's also probably the best and worst examples of how to handle the Disney worlds in, um, in the Kingdom Hearts series. So we have the Pixar worlds like Toy Story and Monsters, Inc. I mentioned. Mm. They were very adamant of not rehashing the movies, and... It, teamed up with the Kingdom Hearts team to write brand new original stories to go with those worlds. Ah. Meanwhile, we have things like um, Tangled and Frozen, which are just the movie stories. And every now and then, Sora, uh, Sora Donald, and Goofy get separated from, um, from the main story that's happening. And like a big chunk of that movie will happen off screen. And then when they come back, they're, they're joining in again. So it's, it's got like a good and bad mix of how to handle the worlds there. Hmm. Um, in terms of the original story in the game, it's also paced very poorly in that it's there's a lot of going on in the front of the game. Uh, little bits and pieces are sprinkled after you finish uh, every world or like every chunk of worlds, and then it's completely backloaded. 
but it has some incredibly high emotional payoffs for people that have kept up with the entire series. Shit. That's... Ooh. Damn. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're looking we're looking A uh, for now. Uh, trying to think of if there's a way that I can determine if it's S, A, or B. Uh, if, if this were to be turned into a movie, how... <laughs> That's such a dumb question. No, I'm not even going to finish asking that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now that this, uh, yeah, okay. We are so many games through the series at this point. If the emotional payoffs are that high throughout the series, would you think it is worth someone playing through multiple previous games to get the emotional payoffs in three? I think so. Yeah. And the, um, the collections at this point are curated in a way that it makes it pretty easy to do because those DS games have been turned into small movies now where you don't have to deal with the gameplay issues that might prop, uh, crop up in them and they just give you the key beats that are going through. Um, in saying that, you miss out of some funny things in days specifically by turning that into a movie. Um, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to put yeah. an A tier, I think. I think I'm comfortable with <laughs> yeah. an A tier. Uh, Union Cross Dark Road. Oh, I mention will... the U word. It goes to the D tier. <laughs> I'll allow that. Okay, tell me, tell me, give me the elevator pitch for it at least. So you remember that mobile gacha game I mentioned before, right? <laughs> uh, depending <laughs> on the next couple words out of your mouth, we might be moving on. Go on. Yeah, this was a small story about the main villain of the franchise, Xehanorts, and like how. Why he became evil, and it was just kind of stapled onto the gacha game. Uh, um, yeah, D. But in saying, yeah, in saying that, there wasn't a lot of interaction. It was a lot of, um, it was basically like a leave it and auto-click game sort of thing. So you didn't really have to engage with gacha mechanics because they already had the gacha mechanics in the other one. So this just kind of turned into a, like a let it idle game and then see the cutscenes later sort of thing. <laughs> Sounds like it should have just been a movie. D. Yeah, fair. Uh, and now we hit the end of the series, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. All right, I'm telling you um, now, based on how this tier list has gone, it's going into either A or B. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, essentially it's just like a rhythm game of a lot of um the key. Uh, that, that, it's it's like 130 tracks, I think, from across the franchise. Um, a pretty fun twist on the rhythm gameplay mechanics. Like you've got You've got three lanes. Um, each note is represented by um, heartless enemies. So as they come up, you press either X or the um, the shoulder buttons to attack them. And they throw in little um, twists like jump and glides to hit certain notes or jump and um, attack to hit certain enemies that are floating up. Um, is there enough variation in this to make it last? Because like, I've played fun rhythm games with the fun rhythm games, but... Uh, the ones that I've played, you only play because the tracks are cool. Uh, this one, given how many doctorates in history you need for the lore of this fucking universe, is the gameplay uh, interesting enough that it lets you maintain momentum for the story, or does it wear itself out because it's a rhythm game? So that, that's where I was going to go next. Like Gameplay-wise, I think it handles itself very well. It, you could go through basically the entire story mode 
um, and be perfectly satisfied with this game. The story mode is essentially like as you're going, it starts at Birth by Sleep and goes all the way through to Kingdom Hearts 3. And it's just basically like small, re- small story recaps of what happens in those games until you get to the very end of the game and it does brand new story specifically for this game to bridge Kingdom Hearts 3 into Kingdom Hearts 4. Did you know ahead of time that there would be hidden story or like uh, actual story at the end? Yes. The, the crux of it is people expected more. The, it, it was essentially just five minutes of story in this game, like new story. B tier. B tier? B tier. Fair. So, so I'll, let the, I'll let this sit and we'll go through it as well. Um, yep. So in, the, in the, yes- the, only, the only question I have, you said bridging three and four. Is Kingdom Hearts 4 out? No, 4 is still in development. Ah, okay, because I was going to say- We, we have see... not seen it in over a year. Is that the one where people found out which apartment Sora lives in? Yes. Okay, cool. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so 4 is already off to a good start in your memory banks. <laughs> <laughs> based, based on Sora's income to afford that sort of apartment, S tier. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in S tier, we have, in no particular order, we have Chain of Memories. Kingdom Hearts 2 and Birth by Sleep. In A tier, we have Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 3. In B tier, we have Kingdom Hearts 0.2, Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage. You will not, not make me say that entire title. Um, the movie Kingdom Hearts, uh, Kingdom Hearts Key back cover. Um, and Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memories. In C tier, we have Re Chain of Memories, the remake of Chain of Memories, uh, 358 over two days, and Recoded. Um, and in D tier at the bottom, we have Dream Drop Distance, Union Cross, and Union Cross Dark Road. I'm so now, glad that l- you didn't make me try and read out any of those titles because I. <laughs> uh, no idea. Now, now, let's hop over to my list, and I'm actually going to reconfigure a couple of things after. After talking about them a little bit myself, I'm like, yeah, no, things need to adjust a little bit. I'm seeing a few um, based on the color alone because I don't know what any of these titles are. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a, a few that we might have had in common. Yeah, so in S tier on my side, we have Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, in A tier, we have Kingdom Hearts 1, Birth by Sleep, and uh, 0.2 Birth by Sleep. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give reasons. Actually, yeah, I'll give reasons now, actually. So for the reasons for the S tiers, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3 just, they're, they're the best playing games to me, like best gameplay feel, and they have really good stories tied to them. Was I um, right on, on Kingdom Hearts 2 being an Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2 type dub? Type oh job? yeah, that was bang on. That was bang on. <laughs> Boom. Um, it, it, it's such a drastic, like, Honestly, it's probably the biggest drastic change between a first game and a sequel and how much of an improvement it is. Like, it's insane, the quality jump that happened from Kingdom Hearts 1 to Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, and yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3, like, it, it's been a very long wait. And pers- I, I know people that didn't um, get as much out of it as I did, but for me, it was a very well done game. Very big emotional payoffs. Um, I cried a couple of times in it, um, and just generally playing it is very good. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, Kingdom Hearts One 
is very good in its own right. It just doesn't stack up to those two other games. Like, it, it, it's still very, very good, though. Uh, Birth by Sleep and Birth by Sleep Fragmentary Passage, also in that same sort of tier of, like, yeah, they're very good games, but they, um, they don't stack up to the S tiers. Um, moving these out of the way a little bit and putting them into order. Um, in the B tier, I have both Chain of Memories. They're, they're basically, like, good for separate reasons. Um, I do agree that I'd, I think Chain of Memories on the GBA is probably a better and more unique experience than Rechain of Memories, but the presentation in Rechain of Memories is high enough that I think they kind of, like, even out. Uh, Days, very, this hinges a lot on the story. Like, it's a very emotional story. Um, I, I accidentally gave a lore dump just because of how much I enjoy the characters in this one, like Chion and Roxas. Um, Gameplay-wise, it's lacking, and, um, yeah, yeah, uh, the middle section of the game kind of drags as well. I, I could see myself dropping it down a tier because of the middle of the game. Um, and Melody of Memory, just a fun rhythm game that, again, there's no story content there. It just kind of exists. So it just gets high enough of being a fun rhythm game. C tier, Dream Drop Distance and Recoded. Recoded because of how much of it is rehash material, like as good as the gameplay is in this, like how much it earns praise for being a really fun game. Everything else about the game is kind of trash. Um, and Dream Drop Distance, it's, it feels good with the flow motion, and that's about it for this game. Flow motion's a lot of fun, but the combat sucks. Um, the commands essentially boil down to use balloon and win because trying to melee enemies doesn't work because they have no hit stun. Uh, they break out of your combos very easily and you take hits. You're like made of paper in this game, so it's not it's not a fun experience. And then on top of that, like the, the story dump that happens in it is kind of con a confusing mess. And Kingdom Hearts 3 had to untangle the pieces and explain it better than this game did. And then we got the mobile corner and back cover the movie because, yeah, there's not a lot going on in these. Mobile gacha, <laughs> mobile gacha automatically gets a D rank, and Kingdom Absolutely. Hearts back and back cover as a movie is a snooze fest. Can like, we? Uh, can Can you pull both tabs onto just like pull one on each side, just so I can see how close I was? Yeah, sure. Um, oh, and we go into this one. There we go. Uh, I think you're only doing that on your screen. <laughs> Yeah, give me one second, and I'll fix it all up. I, I That's need cool. To uh, which, which, whichever one's going to end up making it to the to the video, it's fine. Like I, I don't have to see the the mirror. I'm just thinking for for, for people following along. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll I'll still show you as well. Um, I just need to change it from sharing application to sharing screen. Yeah. Uh, um, and that is your address. Yeah, cool. Uh, nice. The the left side is your list, and the right side is my list. I I think I did pretty well for from not knowing. Uh, I think I put the movie too high. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I I didn't want to give away that the movie is an absolute bore. Yeah, um, but the the rest of it I think is broadly 
uh, within one tier place of what you put. Yeah, essentially, the only difference is that you put Chain of Memories very high. <laughs> hey, what can I say? Like you, the the way the way you made it sound, baller. <laughs> it it is a it, it is a fun, unique game. It's just kind of middle of the pack. Like the things I look for a game, the other the things I placed above it do so much more for me than Chain of Memories does. Yeah, and 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 that's fair enough. But, um. Interestingly, this I don't know if so I guess I guess my my meta thoughts on this. I have so many friends who love Kingdom Hearts to death. Uh not you, we're not friends, but like other friends. Um Yeah, associates uh, is the yeah, is a better word for us. Co colleague barely, but uh acquaintance. Co-host is the furthest we can go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, the, the might, uh, might nod, uh, if we were neighbors and we were both out collecting mail from the letterbox at the same time type, type thing. Um, <laughs> but, the but, but what's interesting is even though you've given me all this, this sort of lore and context and things, uh, what I had in my head for how a Kingdom Hearts game would play and what it does is still in the ballpark of, of how it was described to me by you. And in that sense, it's the sort of thing where... I'm sure I'll eventually play one of them someday, but uh, that hasn't really jumped out as a, I will drop everything and go and play this. And I, I don't know if part of that is seeing uh, 14 titles on a tier list. <laughs> yeah, I think but a big part of that is also like, once you decide to go into Kingdom Hearts, are you committed to go into everything? Yeah. But this this was interesting. It was uh, an interesting eye-opening experience. Yeah, no, it, it is. This was actually kind of a little more fun than I expected it to be. Like I expected it to be fun for me to do. Um, it, it ended up being a little bit more fun than I expected. How did you feel about this, Patrick? Are you scared of me the Kingdom Hearts franchise? <laughs> I'm uh, scared of the sneeze, which is trying to figure out whether or not to come out of my nose. Um, how do I feel about this? I, I think, I think it was interesting hearing you try and give a, an unbiased opinion on it when it was clear that some of the games, uh, just were better than others. And I don't just mean using the magic words, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Look. I, I, I think what surprised me more was that I, when you, when you say spinoffs and when you say rhythm game and when you say movie and when you say gotcha mobile game, I didn't realize that. Kingdom Hearts was across so many different forms of games and forms of media. That that was kind of cool to to hear about that they brought because I honestly I, that's why I was terrified of fourteen titles because I thought it was fourteen platformers just swap out the story, swap out the level, swap out the characters. I didn't realize that they actually went into all these different directions. So that that was cool to to hear about. Yeah, no, um, the the franchise has done a lot to change and made um changes depending on what system it's going to be on. And even within those things, they have um, different unique things. Like something I didn't mention for uh, days is that it has a unique leveling up system where um, essentially you're given a backpack in that game. And as you're progressing the game, you get more spaces in that backpack and you're essentially playing Tetris with pieces in there and your leveling up is Tetris blocks what magic and items you're bringing are also Tetris blocks and you've got to mix and match before a mission to go, well, 
I want to be like as high of a level as possible, but that doesn't give me much space to bring like blizzard magic or something. And that's, that's an interesting thing to mess around with. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And then in Recoded, you have like, because it's all about data, they have like your leveling up system in that game and like your power-ups are based on like a motherboard and inserting microchips. So yeah, they, they do a lot of weird things across the um, franchise. And where I also want to mention when I say movies, these are basically just like, uh, for, for the Days Encoded movie, they're just kind of cutscene collections that are included with the, um, with the collections they're part of. Um, yeah. And back cover is actually a small movie, but again, is just kind of in a collection. It wasn't its own standalone thing. These are just kind of small things they do to fill in lore gaps for people that haven't been keeping up the entire time. Hmm. Uh, how excited are you for Kingdom Hearts 4? And has that changed based on going back over every previous title? I've always been super keen for Kingdom Hearts 4. Like, Kingdom Hearts is either first or second place in terms of, like, my favorite franchises. It's probably first. Um... And yeah, Kingdom Hearts 4 is just something I'm always going to be like super keen on. I'm actually kind what of- a second? Uh, Double May Cry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised there hasn't been a lot of in-between games between Kingdom Hearts 3 and Kingdom Hearts 4 this time around. What do you mean? Kingdom Hearts 3.141592653855, Birth by Drop, Sleep, Chain of Recoded Memories is coming soon to uh the Oya. Sorry, Ouya. There we go. If you really wanted to say a dead console, you should have said the Stadia. <laughs> See, I I mean, fair, but I <laughs> I actually don't know which punchline is funnier. The fact that people have lost like progress and and money on games bought on Stadia or just People the lost Ouya. money funding the Ouya. Yeah, yeah, it was just Ouya, like, the concept. Like, at least the Stadia did something, you know? Did it, though? Did it really? <laughs> well, I mean, all those people that played, was it Red Dead Redemption? You know, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to put that one to the side for a second. Did you know that Final Fantasy XV has Stadia-exclusive content that no longer exists on any other platform? <laughs> I didn't, and that makes me very happy. Yeah, same. Fuck that game. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, right, cool. Any any closing thoughts that, that you want to add to this almost back on our long Kingdom Hearts tier list? I was, I, I, I was hoping it would take a little less time. I put a lot of blame on that uh, Xion lore dump. <laughs> <laughs> but no, th this, this was good to do. Um, I, I, it probably didn't, but uh, people should check out this franchise if they haven't already. They are very fantastic games, and the um okay, the collections always go on sale. Yeah, that that that's a that's a good place. So uh, you talked about a couple of the collections being sort of available on platforms now, but if someone wanted to get into Kingdom Hearts, what do they need to look for or get? Do they can they just get Kingdom Hearts one like on a late gen platform? Or what's the what's the go? So the go right now is that um, 
I believe they have something called the all-in-one collection now, but I think that's only on PlayStation. But essentially what you're looking for on PlayStation, Xbox, and Epic Game Store, because it's not on Steam. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> um, there's the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 collection. Um, that comes with Kingdom Hearts 1 through to... Um, no, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's right. So, yeah, it's Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5. That comes with everything from um, Kingdom Hearts 1 through to Recoded in the um, timeline. Um, then you have Kingdom Hearts 2.8, which is uh, Dream Drop Distance uh, 0.2. And then you buy Kingdom Hearts 3 and Melody of Memory if you want that. So it's essentially four purchases now. Okay, cool. I know uh, that's a bit of a word salad, but at this point with Kingdom Hearts, it's, it's essentially a word salad to try and get <laughs> these out. I swear all the numbers have meaning, but it's also very long to say. But um, yeah, also, a- also the nice thing with those collections is that they just kind of stack the games into what order you should be playing them in. Sweet. Uh, yeah, well. Um, thank you for, I guess, reliving the highs and lows of your favorite franchise. Um, and more importantly, thank you if you're still listening. <laughs> um, but, uh, no audience question this week, uh, and no news this week, obviously, of how long this has been going for. Um, so we're basically at the, at the end of, uh, episode 87. Uh, we'll probably be back to your, your regularly scheduled, uh, slop. Should, should we Next actually week. tell people why this one was an out-of-whack episode, or should we, should we leave that for Steven to explain himself next week? Um, we expect Steven to be back next week, so don't worry. Gang's not going anywhere, uh, and we will have him explain uh, with a gun to his head and Seth or myself stealing his wallet uh, exactly why he had to miss out on this absolute banger of a tier list episode (laughs) (laughs) love that for us love that for us um anyway uh as i say we're now at the end of episode 87 uh normally we have an audience question we don't this week but uh if you want to send us one uh feel free to we're on on twitter slash x at fast travel lounge minus one of the l's uh on facebook fast travel lounge and fast travel lounge at gmail.com uh if you've enjoyed listening to this uh off uh, episode uh definitely let us know because this is not regular scheduled programming uh but i'm sure we could randomly drag steven to a tier list now and then if that is what the people command um any review rating uh, uh feedback on whatever platform you listen to this on always greatly appreciated but uh until uh we go back to the uh the the usual slop with uh with, with steven toe uh i've been patrick i've been joined by seth thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time Goodbye. Uh, happy birthday, Hideaki Itsunoyu. You're in charge of Devil May Cry, and I love you for that. 